Well, once again, good morning, church. Good morning. It is good to be here with you today. If you're new or if you're joining us here for the very first time, a very special welcome to you. Uh, my name is Dan Min, and I serve as the pastor here at ACF, and uh, it's my joy to uh, welcome you here this morning. In fact, let me, let me just, uh, just take a quick poll here in this room. If you are new, whether you're a, a brand new student to campus here, or maybe you're not a new student, but you're new to ACF here, uh, would you just go ahead and Raise your hand nice and high and proud so that we know who you are. Awesome. Friends, can we welcome our new friends here today? Welcome, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We, um, uh, we're not going to make you stand up and give your testimony in front of the congregation or anything like that, but I do want to say we're so glad you're here. We do want to get to know you at some point as the course of the year goes on. We'd love to uh, hear your story and get to know you and for you to get to know us a little bit, and so welcome. For those of you who are returning... Welcome back. You guys are old news. Well, welcome back. Glad you guys are here. No, it is good to be rejoined together. It is summer was way too long, and it's good to be joined back together as the family of God worshiping here. And so um, I don't know about you, but I am beyond excited for this new year. I'm beyond excited because for me, I don't know about you, but for me, a new school year brings with it new opportunities new relationships, new God stories. And folks, you gotta know that I'm praying for every single one of you that God would encounter you in deep and significant ways this coming year. I pray that come May, you're gonna have a whole library, a whole archive of God stories, of places and moments where God showed up in your life this year. And that's my hope and prayer. In fact, today's message will speak to that some, to some degree. Today's message is going to be the first part of a little short two-part series. For those of you who were with us last year, this is not your 24-week-long series, The Kingdom Way, okay? Uh, We spent a whole year in the Sermon on the Mount. This series is just a little short two-parter, and uh, this is going to take us to next week where my hope, my hope for this series is to set you up well. As you, maybe you're starting out your college career for the first time, or maybe you're, you're continuing on in your college years, my hope is that this series would set you up well to have the best year ahead of you. In fact, I've titled today's message, A Word to You, O College Student. A word to you, oh, it sounds real biblical, right? A word to you, oh, it's not from the Bible. A word to you, oh, college student. Friends, I don't know if you realize this, but you are currently in the midst of the most formative years of your life. These four years that you have here during your college experience just might be the most significant season of your entire life. Now listen, I'm not saying... Other seasons of your life are insignificant, like, you know, when you start your career or when you get married and, or, or when you start raising a family. Those are all very significant and very important seasons of one's life. But I can't tell you how many times I've heard this, and, and I can attest to this myself. I've heard time and time again, people refer to their college years as a single primary thing that has largely shaped the trajectory of their lives. For so many, who they are in adulthood has been shaped and formed in their four years of who they are becoming in their college years. Now, for you freshmen coming in, I've got great news for you. You've got all four years ahead of you 
to develop into the kind of person you want to be. Or better yet, to develop into the kind of person God wants you to be for your future self. The same applies for you sophomores, for you juniors and seniors. Sorry to say, your time is up. You're screwed. I mean, that's, just, that's, that's the way it is. You're, you're at the back nine, right? You're like, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm, obviously, I'm kidding, right? No matter where you find yourself in your college experience, no matter how much more time you have left here, I believe God can do wonders in your life if you allow. That's what we just saying. I surrender all. All to you, Jesus. My heart is yours. And when we do that, I promise you, church, God can do wonders with your life when you surrender it. Now, this was essentially the message that the Apostle Paul had for his young protege, Timothy. Now, when I read the Bible, I find it both interesting and slightly frustrating that given what I just said, how important this season of your life is, don't you think that the Bible would have a few words for you college students, right? Like, don't don't you think that the Bible might have some, some clear and explicit instructions specifically geared towards this stage of life for 18 to 20-somethings, the college student, right? No, but we don't have that. We, we never find Paul writing to a university, right? We, we, never, we never catch Jesus giving a commencement speech at the end of a school year. Like, we don't, we don't find any of that. No one is addressing college students, but the closest thing we have to that is the Apostle Paul giving specific words of encouragement to young Timothy, And so I want to spend just a few moments today looking at some of those words. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you've got a smartphone or a device of some kind, an iPad, go ahead and open up to 1 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, we're also going to put the text up here on the screen in just a moment. And uh, we're going to start from verse 6. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. And this is Paul. Again, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he is giving... Timothy, some sage advice to this young leader who is pastoring a church that Paul started, a local church. And, and so here's Paul, the, the mentor, speaking life and speaking words of encouragement to his mentee, Timothy. And so here's where we pick it up from, 1 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 6, this is what Paul says to Timothy. If you put these things before the brothers, he's talking about the congregation, the church. If you put these things before the church, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have received which is given you by prophecy when the council of elders lay their hands on you. In other words, when when the elders commissioned Timothy to go and do ministry and be a pastor of this church, they were affirming God's call on Timothy's life. And, And Paul is saying, don't neglect that gift. You've been given a gift. All right, and exercise that gift, develop in that gift. Verse 15, practice these things, immerse yourself in them 
so that all may see your progress. Verse 16, we'll close up with this one verse. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Friends, I want to use this passage today to pull some insight that I think would be really beneficial for you as you navigate this incredible, important season of your life called your college years. In fact, I imagine if Paul were here today, and if he were addressing a crowd, a a college audience much like this one, he might say something to the effect of a word to you, O college student. Number one, develop the habit of godliness. Develop the habit of godliness. If you're taking notes down, you could jot this down as the first sort of bullet point that that Paul seems to be addressing here with young Timothy. Develop the habit of godliness. If you notice one of the first things that Paul tells Timothy to do in this passage is to develop a habit. Now, I I don't need to tell you as a college student, you're going to develop some habits. Some of them are going to be good. Most of them are probably going to be bad. Most of these habits you're going to develop, you're you're probably going to have to discipline yourself somewhere down the road to undo some of these habits. But Paul is saying, I actually want you to develop, develop some habits. But specific habits, listen to how he puts it. In verse 6, he says, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Which, by the way, I presume most of us want to be, which is why we're sitting here in church today. We want to be a good servant of Christ Jesus. He goes on, and he says, being trained, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. He's talking about scripture here. He's talking about being trained in the teachings of Jesus And he goes on and he says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. A lot of folks during this time were caught up in in, in all kinds of silly nonsense and and made stories about religiosity and about God. and, And they were so far from the true gospel that Jesus was actually about. And so he says, don't, don't bother with that. Don't, don't get caught up in the irreverent, silly myths. Rather, here's this word again, train yourself. In other words, develop a habit for yourself. Train yourself for what? For godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Translation, don't just hit the gym. It doesn't matter how swole you get. It doesn't matter how jacked you get on the outside if you're all jacked up on the inside. That's Paul's translation. That's the, that's the bro version of the Bible. That, that says, that's, that, that, he says, train yourself, but train yourself in ways that really matter. Now listen, I'm not saying you're taking care of your health and your physical body. I'm not saying don't go to the gym like, you know, like, I don't know if you can tell, but I've been hitting the gym myself, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to boast, I boast in the Lord, but you know, but hey, you know, so, so here's, here's what I'm saying, like Paul, he's saying, I want you to train yourself, develop the habit, bodily training is great, but there are certain things in life that matter a whole lot more in contrast, and Paul is saying, don't neglect those things, in fact, he would, he would go as, further, further, as far as to say, I want you to actually develop habits towards those things. Don't just neglect, not neglect them, but actually develop habits towards them. 
I remember when I was in college, the number, no, it seemed as though the number one lesson that was being driven into every college student alike was this lesson of time management, right? How many of you have been told about time? You've got to learn to manage your time, to learn to manage your time, time management. We're told by professors of all kinds, manage your time. Don't get into the bad habit of procrastinating and putting things off to the last minute. Rather, develop good habits. Get ahead of schedule, right? Like, submit your assignments ahead of time. I, Confession, I don't think I've handed one single assignment ahead of time, amen? Like, anybody with me? Like, I, I push it right up until 11.59, right? Like, and so, professors, they just push time management, don't develop these bad habits. The problem was, I never got quite good at it. In fact, I found myself failing miserably time and time again with time management, even with all my color-coded calendars. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but you guys know what a Palm Pilot is? Like, yeah, yeah, so some, some, some of our old folks know what, so it was a, it was a calendar on, you know, the, 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 the original OG smart device, right? Like, and it had my calendar on it. And, and even with all of that, it seemed as though in the end, I just sucked at time management. I just could not get my act together. And then it dawned on me. What if I'm managing the wrong thing? What if I'm spending all this energy trying to manage my time, but in the end, I'm actually just managing the wrong thing? One pastor friend of mine put it this way. Quit trying to manage your time. Instead, Learn to manage your values because your time will naturally go towards the things that which you value. So stop trying to manage your time because everyone has 24 hours in a day and we all manage it differently. But the difference between those who succeed at time management and those who fail at it are people who have learned to manage something beyond their time. They have learned to manage their values. Jesus put it this way, where your treasure is what? There your heart will be also. In other words, our lives, including our time, seem to have this gravitational pull towards the things that we value. And so this might sound counterproductive to everything you've been told about time management. But listen, quit trying to manage your time. Learn to manage your values. Because you see, healthy habits, healthy habits are actually best born out of our values. That's Paul's whole encouragement to Timothy. Paul's whole encouragement to Timothy here, he's, he's saying, make sure you value the things that are on God's heart. Train yourself, develop a habit towards these things. And so this year, a word to you, O college student, develop habits that would yield godliness in your life. Don't just be productive. Be productive for the kingdom. Be about the things that really matter to the heart of God. Develop habits towards godliness. Here's the second thing that Paul tells Timothy to do. After he tells Timothy to develop this habit, train yourself towards godliness, he says this, this next point, which is be wise with your choices. Be wise with your choices. Notice Paul's instructions to Timothy here. He says in verse 12, let no one despise you for your youth. Let's just pause here for a quick second. We've already established Timothy was a young leader, right? In fact, he was probably pretty close to where you're at age-wise season of life, if not a little bit beyond, but, but pretty close to you guys. And in light of Timothy's age, Paul comes alongside Timothy, and he basically tells Timothy, listen, Timothy, 
there are going to be people in your life, there are going to be people who come along your way who will discount your leadership because of your age. There are going to, there, there are going to be people who say, you have nothing worthwhile to say, Timothy, because you're just a youth. You're just a youngin. You're just a kid. These people will say, you have nothing worthwhile to say. Therefore, you are not worthwhile our time. You are not worthwhile listening to. In fact, they will say, you are largely insignificant in the grand scheme of life because you have not lived life long enough to be significant. And Timothy understands this. He is not a fool. He understands his season of life, where he's at And in light of this reality, here comes Paul encouraging Timothy with these words. He goes on and he says, but. In other words, I know you're young. I know people will ignore you and disregard you. But set the believers an example. In other words, be wise with your choices in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. If we jump to verse 15, he says, practice these things. He's talking about habits again. There he goes again. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. In other words, Timothy, listen, listen. If you are wise with your choices, your life, I promise you, will have an eternal impact that will go way beyond your years. In fact, people will begin to see the hand of God on your life before they even notice your age. How many of you would like that? Right, like that that people, when you come in contact with them, the first thing that they notice about you is not that you're, you're in this season of life, this stage of life, you're just a college student, but rather they see the hand of God on your life before they even recognize your age. That's what, that's what Paul's saying to Timothy. Now, Maybe you realize this, maybe you don't, but you all have the same challenge in front of you that Timothy had in front of him. You see, people were expecting Timothy to screw it up because he was young. They were expecting him to mess up and stumble because of his youth. In fact, there's a certain irony in this passage that Paul is calling Timothy to be something that a young person would not have normally been known for. And what is that? Wisdom. Wisdom is for old people, right? The sage, like, like no, no young person is known for wisdom, and yet Paul is expecting Timothy to be wise with his choices, exercise wise decision-making. I don't know if you know this, but as a college student, there are people banking on you to make bad decisions. How many of you heard this, right? Like something, something dumb happens in town here, and, and, and Center Daily Times or the Collegiate catch, catches wind of it and reports on it, and oftentimes you'll see the comments in the post, Oh, there go the college students again doing stupid things. There goes the the college students. I I don't know what it is about this season of life, but it seems like the common narrative is we're we're just expecting college students to do dumb things. And I'm here to tell you, church, defy the odds. Cut against the grain of the cultural narrative and learn to make wise decisions even now during your college years because I promise you, when you, get out into, when you get out of this Christian or the, the, this uh, college uh, arena, there's not going to be a switch that goes off once you have your diploma in your hand that where you're like, oh, now I'm wise. Now I'm going to make wise choices and wise decisions. No, no, no. You precondition yourself now for what is to come. 
And so learn to make wise. That's why Paul doesn't say to Timothy, oh, Timothy, I know you're young. You're just going to do stupid things, sorry. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll write to you. That'll be my third, third Timothy. I'll, I'll, I'll correct everything that you screwed up in first and second. Like, and, and, and just go ahead and do dumb things. No, no, no. Paul is raising the bar. And church, I want to raise the bar for us as the people of God to say, you know what? We as, as this generation of people, this season of life, this stage, it is possible for you to make wise decisions and wise choices. Be wise with you. Set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Be wise with your choices. Paul ends his letter with this final verse. He says in verse 16, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Some other translations, maybe your translation says it this way. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. You want to know the best way to do this? Here's here's the last encouragement. A word for you, college students. Engage in a Christ-centered community. Engage in a Christ-centered community. Community. Now, I know many of you who raised your hand earlier just a few moments ago, you're, you're new students, you're, you're, you're probably looking for a campus ministry to plug into, and you're in search for a campus ministry here on campus. And I just want to say there, there are tons of phenomenal, great, Christ-centered communities and, and, and gospel-driven uh, uh, campus ministries uh, here on campus. And, and quite frankly, here at ACF, we're just one of the many great ministries that are offered here on campus and and if you need help searching for a campus ministry we would love to help you find one that that fits what you're looking for and so so find that place and plug in but but i just want to take this one step further i want to take this one step further this morning along with joining a campus ministry i want to encourage you to find a church now, I know there's a growing trend of this disillusionment of the institutionalized church, like church, I don't, I don't need church, right? And, and, and we fall into sort of this, this story of like, now church is like an old school way of doing things, and I just don't do church. But church, I, I can't stress this enough. I cannot stress this. It is so important for you not to just be part of a campus ministry, but also a church. Now, listen, if you like what's going on here at ACF and it looked like you guys were enjoying yourself, we can even get you guys to start service in time. Like, you guys are enjoying having cupcakes and all kinds of stuff. Like, if you like what's going on here, friends, we would love to have you call this your home church during your time here at Penn State. But again, if it's not here, we would love to help you find a place wherever it is. Just find that place and plug in. Join a church. And here's why I'm saying this. Here's why this is so important. When your time is up here, and when this season, this very temporary season of your life comes to a close, now I know most of you aren't thinking beyond, right, like that into the future. I know that as a college student, I was never thinking beyond even tomorrow, let alone like after I graduate, after I, I'm out of here. But I, I just, just, if I can, if you can just kind of imagine with me just for a moment, when your time is up here, and you get out into the workplace, into your career, and you start living life outside of PSU, and you're trying to grow in your faith, and you're trying to mature as a follower of Jesus and continue maturing in your walks with Christ, 
The best option you'll have, and in many cases, the only option you'll have, is the church. It's true. The best option, and perhaps in many cases, the only option you'll have is the church. In other words, unfortunately, I hate to break the news to you, there is no adult version of your campus ministry of choice. There isn't. Uh, yeah, sure, you could go on staff and you could do that. Like, but but when, you're, when you're trying to grow in your faith and mature in your walk with Jesus, there is no adult version of ACF. It, it, it's called the church. That's, that's, that's the only option. You have. And, and folks, did you know, did you know that Christ died for the church? That's what he died. Right? Like a lot of people are asked, do you know why Christ died? Christ died for my sins. yes. But Christ died for the church. Christ is the one who builds the church. Matthew 16 and 18 says, Jesus says, I will build my church. Jesus is the one who builds the church because Ephesians tells us that Jesus is the head of the church. And he, as the head of the church, gave a very specific mission to the church. And Matthew 28 is the great commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. Do you know that commission, that mission was given to what? The church. It is the church's job to develop and mature disciples of Jesus. And then he goes off, he pieces out, and then he sends the Holy Spirit to empower the church, to actually fulfill the mission of the church. And when all is said and done, in the end, Christ is coming back for the church. You see, the church was and continues to be the primary mechanism by which God uses to grow disciples of Jesus and to reach the world. Now, along the way, the church needs some help. And that's where our parachurch ministries come into play. Like our campus ministries, para meaning coming alongside, parachurch, these are ministries that come alongside the church, not to be the church, but to work with the church to fulfill the mission of God. Now, hear, hear me, friends. I am not trying to stand here and knock on campus ministries. We are one. One of the hats that we wear here at ACF is a campus ministry, right? And so, and, and we've got, as I said before, and I mean it, we've got a whole host of quality campus ministries that I would happily point you to any of them. But don't miss the significance of the church Not just from a biblical standpoint, but also from a very practical standpoint. With a little bit of foresight. And this is the invitation this morning. That the Lord has for you and for me to engage in a Christ-centered community. Both by plugging into a campus ministry and also joining a church. It's not either or. Now next week, we're going to look at what it means to be part of this particular church. In the second part of the series, here at ACF, we hold to a certain set of values that determines how we go about doing things and why we do things. And I'd love to take some time next week to, to talk to some about that. And, and please come back and, and, and learn a little bit more about who we are as a church and what we're about. But again, regardless of what church you join, whether it's this one or some church down the street, please, this year, join a church. Join a church. And make, as the writer of Hebrews says, don't neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Don't be the sum. Don't fall into the sum. But be part of the church. You know, the college years for so many end up being the most formative years of a person's life. And my hunch is that that'll most likely be the case for you. In light of that, 
Can I encourage you in the same way that Paul encouraged young Timothy? Develop healthy habits. Develop healthy habits that produce godliness in your life. And now throughout the course, we're going to talk a whole lot about how to go about doing that. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to go about doing it. Just, just roll with us for a little while and, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how to develop healthy habits towards godliness. Be someone who is known for making wise choices and wise decisions. Don't, don't fall into the, the narrative that, oh, you're just a stupid old college student making dumb choices. Like, you know, it's a, no, no, that, that's, not, that's not your story. That's, I refuse to be part of that story. And, and Paul didn't, didn't take any crap from Timothy. He's like, no, 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 I'm actually, let's raise the bar here. I, I actually expect you to be wise with your choices. Church, let's be wise with our choices. Again, throughout the course of this year, we're going to talk about what that means and what that entails. And engage in a Christ-centered community. If you do that, I believe these four years or how many ever years you have left here at Penn State will shape you into the very people of God that he wants you to be. And my hope is that as we continue, as we started off the service, Lord, we surrender all to you that we would see God as someone who is worthy of our surrender all the days of our lives. It's because of him that we actually can, it it is worth developing healthy habits towards him. It is worth being wise with our choices and not just doing whatever the heck we want, but actually being prudent in our decision-making. It's because of who God is that we, we, we actually have a, pr- a propensity towards the, the, the things that w- are within a Christ-centered community that we actually want to be part of the family of God. It's because of him. 